Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. If you'd like to find out more, head online to our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. So I'm trying to not take it personally that I've been given the frustrated part of uh, prayer. Um, Hopefully it's not because people find me personally frustrating, although I'm sure there are a few. In looking at this and in looking to prepare for this, I confess I actually find myself increasingly frustrated. Maybe it's lockdown, maybe it's just how many things in the world there are that can be frustrating. And in writing the sermon, I've found that I get actually more frustrated when I come to pray. Whether it's an arrow prayer, like the Christianglish for us just doing two words like help me when we're in trouble or whether it's prayer journaling which is Lurenglish for basically just ranting into a notebook or whether it's praying in a group in collective prayer and I confess most of my frustration in those circumstances is directed at myself just in case anyone from my small group is watching and wondering. Some people might want to ask what are you frustrated about Lorraine? Where do I begin? I'm frustrated at myself for being lazy, for being fickle in my relationship with God, for allowing old sins to creep in and spring up on me in my smugness and trip me up. I'm frustrated for the chasm between my spiritual aspirational habits and my spiritual reality. I'm frustrated with those who are close to me from the micro to the macro, maybe I think they're a better parent or more patient than I am. And so patience and things don't grow naturally sometimes in me and I'm jealous and frustrated and that bubbles in me. Or maybe it's a simple frustration of the toilet seat being left, left up for the hundredth time or perhaps putting someone on a time out for the hundredth time for their naughty behaviour. And I will let you discern which of those relates to my spouse and which to my offspring. But I'm also frustrated with bugs and flies and viruses and illness and lockdown and my myasthenia gravis and my daughter's scleroderma and my mum's arthritis and my friend's unfaithful husband and my colleague's unhelpful and ungenerous parents-in-law. I'm frustrated with institutional racism and politics and lying both in myself and in others and global warming and unfair economics and poverty and generational unemployment and unconscious bias and misogyny and inequality and Donald Trump. And I'm frustrated that I make God smaller than God is by cramming God into this box, which is made in my own image. Steady on the rain. I'm fairly sure David did not ask you to preach today uh, for you to just rant and air your own personal frustrations. It's not a sermon and it's not helpful. Or is it? Isn't wrestling and pushing and confusion and a desperation for mercy and justice, grace and vengeance, isn't that the same stuff that humanity has been wrestling with since it began? So if we start from the premise that prayer is, just in its simplest form, conversation between us and God, then wouldn't it be better to bring all of this stuff into the light, into our prayers? 
not to leave it outside and whitewash or pretend that it doesn't matter, but instead perhaps we could push into it to sit with this discomfort, to hold these frustrations up to the light and then to allow the light to shine through into them and then for us to see into them and to see into ourselves and to learn, to learn and to lean in. So how can we learn from frustration? Well, the dictionary definition for it is the feeling of being upset or annoyed as a result of being unable to change or achieve something. And it's also described as the prevention of progress, success or fulfillment. The first of these definitions pretty much describes the predicament of the entire human race, doesn't it? When we can't create the change that we are looking for, we get frustrated, annoyed, angry and sad. But if we take a moment to look at it a different way, and if we rest into the fact that what we face or what we feel, someone else acts in our interests. And that someone is always able to change what we cannot. Perhaps then this frustration that we feel, well, it can lead us to something beyond our anger and our sadness. Have you ever felt like your plans have been thwarted? If so, then you'll probably know that strange, deep feeling of finding yourself in a place of anger and desolation. Can we look at that situation from a different perspective too? What if we lean into this idea that whilst we do have plans, there is a greater plan and nothing but nothing can thwart that. Suddenly this sense of anger and desolation can give way to something else. My perception that, faith, uh, that fate is mistreating me can ebb away. For many years in my life, I have to remind myself, actively remind myself, to step away from my sense of entitlement. Life isn't about my plans or my rights. It's actually about a greater plan. A plan by someone greater. And that greater plan includes absolutely everybody. And it isn't just about my tiny world a world where I make myself the diary god or the chore goddess. Thankfully, there are a few stories in the Bible which help show us that we aren't the first people to feel this frustration, either frustration with life or with ourselves or with God. So where does frustration show up in the Bible? I've discovered that there are two words that are used in the Bible for frustration. And the first for the Old Testament is Hebrew and it's parar. And it means to break or violate or frustrate or make ineffectual. And sometimes it's translated as dissolve or shatter or break asunder. Apparently it appears, for those of you who like to count, 47 times in the Old Testament. Then there's the Greek word atheteo, which means to despise or do away with or reject and disregard. Also, it can mean to thwart or bring to nothing or frustrate and make void. And this word is used 12 times in the New Testament. The Hebrew word frustrate is often used to describe God thwarting the plans of Israel's enemies. And that wasn't really something that I'd thought about before I came to prepare this sermon. 
of God as the frustrator or the thwarter. But it brings us back to this idea that all of humanity has got a whole lot of its own plans. But in the end, the great plan, that's what God brings about. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that everything that happens is God's will. N-O, capital N-O. The way that we have broken the world and broken ourselves with sin breaks God's heart. Our free will was a gift from God to us and God is not going to take that gift back. God is, however, bigger and far above and deeply within and through all of this amazing creation which was birthed by God's Spirit. So no matter the twists and the turns that our choices and our actions weave into the tapestry of the universe, God is the seamstress, the divine architect. God is the author and perfecter of our faith as well as the holder of the fate of the universe. Isaiah says in chapter 14, verse 27, the Lord of hosts has planned it. Who can frustrate it? As for his outstretched hand, who can turn it back? That's from the New American Standard Version. Let's take a moment now to just turn back to this inward sense of frustration that we sometimes feel. When I am frustrated, and the circumstances that I'm in frustrate me or anger me, I'll look at Job. Para, that Hebrew word for frustration, appears four times in the story of Job. But it doesn't just focus on Job's frustration at his awful situation. It describes everything from God frustrating the plans of the shrewd to God being the one that shatters and frustrates Job. I admit the latter sits a bit uncomfortably with me. The idea that God would shatter me. But doesn't Jesus walk that exact path? Jesus journeys through the frustration of his father's house being used by exploiters and profit makers and classists. And Jesus experiences the frustration of friends who just don't get it no matter how many times he tells a different story. Jesus finds himself drowning in the devastating frustration of his closest friends, falling asleep when he needs them most. And finally, Jesus is shattered, his plans seemingly thwarted and frustrated by the crucifixion and by the weight of our sin. And finally, the shattering blow of his father's face turning away from him in those final moments on the cross. Sometimes our paths lead us to a place of being shattered and fractured and broken. This I understand. But the story, of course, doesn't end there, does it? Because it's in that moment of brokenness that Jesus frustrates and destroys all the destroyer's plans, breaking apart the tangles of sin which have been woven into the fabric of creation and making all things new including us. So if I look at frustration through these lenses, perhaps I need to be a little less frustrated with frustration. After all, Jesus's frustration in Matthew 21 and Mark 11 is exactly what brings justice 
in the temple, enabling those who'd been kept away from making sacrifices of confession to finally come into the presence of God. Jesus's frustrations at his friends needing explanation after explanation results in the overflow of the Spirit's creativity within Jesus to tell stories, parables, which have lived through the centuries, helping us, his followers and friends, thousands of years later, so that we too may seek and hear and understand. And Jesus's desolation in the frustration of his friends falling asleep when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane means that no matter how alone or betrayed I may feel or you may feel in our lives, we know Jesus has felt that too. And he has felt it to a degree and depth that tore his humanity so deeply that he sweated blood. Lastly, if you feel that maybe Jesus's experience of frustration is a bit much for you to live up to, Take a quick look at how frustration can lead people, even people who say, maybe I don't know God, let alone follow him. Frustration can lead them into God's plans. In Genesis chapter 41 verse 8, Pharaoh is frustrated by a vivid dream. If you're not familiar with the story, Pharaoh dreams about fat and thin cows, which represent seven years of plentiful harvest and seven years of famine. And he asks his wise men and magicians, because he's so frustrated when he wakes up by not knowing what it means, he asks them for an interpretation. They're clueless. And that triggers the memory of someone who's encountered a locked up, forgotten Hebrew who can interpret dreams. The frustration of not knowing the dream's meaning then catalyzes the events which lead to Joseph becoming the most powerful, second only to Pharaoh, person in the whole of Egypt, interpreting the dream by the power and revelation of God's spirit, saving the nation of Egypt and those around it. So frustration can lead us towards God, even towards redemption, without us even realising it. Before we take time to respond, can I ask you to ask yourself these questions? What am I frustrated about? Am I frustrated with myself? With the world? With God? How can I bring those frustrations into the presence of God in my prayers? And secondly, how can I invite God into my feelings of frustration and allow the bigger perspective of God's plans and authority to seep into my anger and sadness? Lastly, do I know somebody who may not yet know God, who is feeling frustrated with life? Ask God to show you how to pray for them and how to be ready to respond if God puts you in their path to lead them into God's plans. So, as we draw to a time of prayer, let's reflect back. Frustration is not an easy feeling, but it can 
catalyze in us a response, whether it's like Jesus in the temple turning over the table saying, no, this is not okay. That in itself is a response in prayer. Or maybe it's the frustration of feeling that your plans are being thwarted at every turn and you just feel alone in it. What bigger plan is there? How can you lift your eyes from your blueprints to the bigger architect who has everyone in his hands? And lastly, who do you know who might be feeling frustrated? Maybe because of lockdown or health or their job uncertainty. Where are they feeling frustrated? Where can you pray for them? And where can you ask God to guide you to become part of the road that leads them towards God's plans.